0: Hello and welcome to the Coffee with Keith podcast. I'm your teacher and host, Keith Brown. And each week on this podcast, we coach you, the biplus individual, as well as others within the community, how to turn your hurting into healing and your healing into happiness. Subjects of this podcast will include sexual identity, trauma, shame, family dynamics, relationships, coming out issues, bisexuality, dating, mindset, faith development within the Christian faith, and a whole lot more. Every week, you will get powerful teaching to help you create the life you desire and deserve. A couple of disclaimers, though, please. I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. If you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Also, the views expressed on this program are either those of myself or my guests and should be considered as such. All right, grab that cup of coffee. Have a seat here at my table. But let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown, and I am so very glad to have you listening to this podcast today. And it is a Friday Bible Talks episode. And if you've been with me for a while and you listen to the Bible Talks on Friday, then you're well aware of the fact that what I typically do is read a bit of Scripture often from the lectionary for that coming weekend. And then I share some of my interpretation and some of my application thoughts. And that's what I've been doing for a while. I've enjoyed putting this out and will continue to do so as long as you folks are listening. And I really do appreciate you listening to the Friday Bible Talks. It's something that I I really enjoy doing. Um, It gives me a chance to connect with that part of who I am and, and, and my past work and my studies and all that kind of thing. So thank you for allowing me to do that on Fridays. Now, what I want to tell you is though, today is going to be a little bit different of a Bible talks. I'm not going to share a long scripture and try to interpret it and things like that. Okay. What I'm going to do is go off that a little bit in a rather unique way. And I'm going to tell you why first. Actually, I was contacted by a church that um, I have been to a few times to speak. Um, In fact, the pastor, uh, oftentimes when he's going to be out of the pulpit, which he is going to be out of this Sunday, he will actually contact me and have me come in and fill in for him. And I have enjoyed that immensely and cherished those opportunities. And so he asked me to do that for this Sunday morning. But here's the kicker. They're starting a new series. So he's They're not actually going to be taking the lectionary text, for instance, which would be pretty much what they did on a regular Sunday. But they're going to be walking through a series based on the Apostles' Creed. Now, if you have grown up in the sacramental liturgical church, then chances are you know exactly what the Apostles' Creed is. There's also a good chance you had to memorize it. It's something that's often said in sacramental churches in the worship experience. This is Presbyterian, Methodist, uh, Catholics, Episcopalians, Lutherans. All churches that have a more sacramental, um, liturgical, high church feel about them will often say the, the Apostles' Creed. Now, what that creed is is an ancient creed, and it was a creed that was established by the church to sort of summarize their orthodoxy, their faith. And this creed has been a very important part of church history and part of the the, um, faith for a long time. So this church is celebrating that by the pastor teaching a series on the Apostles' Creed. So he asked me very kindly, and I certainly said yes, that I would speak on the very first section. This is the first Sunday that they're starting this new series. So the creed starts out as... I believe in God the Father, all right? And then it goes on, but I'm going to stop right there because that's really what I'm going to talk about. And in this podcast today, I just want to share with you a few of the thoughts that I have been working on and thinking through this week in preparation for this event. Now, one of the things that you probably know is that because i speak of faith because i have a faith background and i am also um, an affirming person supporting and uh, believing in the validity of lgbtqia+ christians i get a lot of flack from the uh, from the uh, from the conservative church i know that surprises nobody right um, anytime that you try to put god and gay together that's going to raise a lot of flags for a lot of people. And certainly it has been something that I've had to face not only personally, but I've had to face um, professionally as I have tried to be a beacon of love and cons- of compassion and teaching for the LGBTQI plus community. So that is a given and probably nobody's surprised by that. But what some people are surprised about is the fact that I often have people within the community come at me as well. And they often are saying things like, why in the world are you teaching this fairy tale? Right? (laughs) Why are you teaching this? Why are you talking about God? Why are you telling people about the Bible? That's nothing but a bunch of fairy tale made up stories and you're just hurting people. And I get that a lot. I really do. And I also understand that a lot of that is driven by pain, because I understand church trauma. I understand the, the trauma that's been felt by people within the LGBTQ community because of the harmful and very ugly treatment that we have received from the conservative church. I get that. I faced that a lot in my life. My, I spent years trying to deal with that. So I get that part, but the the other part is the fact that I'm teaching a fairy tale, and some people will come to me and they say, well Keith why don't you why don't you just jump back at them why don't you debate them you know because you know you have that knowledge you, you've done the graduate studies, you had the apologetics in graduate school and and you, you you know you have biblical knowledge, why don't you come at them and I'm going because I don't see any purpose in it that's the main reason I don't think it does much good. I don't think a lot of this public debate that we do online is valuable in any way. And truthfully, I don't think anything that I say to them, these people who feel this way, who I love and and I I you know, I don't judge them. I don't I don't feel hard of them. I really don't because they're just speaking their truth to me. I don't think it's going to do me any good to really combat that and try to You know, throw things back at them. But there's also another reason that I think that I am a little hesitant to do that. And basically, I'm going to talk about a little bit in this podcast. Now, the words that I said I believe in God the Father, right? The Father Almighty. So in this, there are two parts that I want to mention in this podcast. The first is God, and the second is Father. And I want to divide them up just a little bit, if I may, because I first want to concentrate on God. And there are three things that I want to just share from my heart in reference to God. Okay, and I'm actually going to use the word God as an acrostic. After all, I've often been called the king of acrostics. It's the way my mind works. works. It's the way that I often put lessons together because it makes it easier for me to remember and sometimes my audience as well. So I'm going to use the word God, G-O-D, and I want to give you three points that I think are important. The number one is give yourself some grace in your doubt getting back to what I said a minute ago, how some people have said, Keith, why are you teaching a fairy tale? One of the things that I know, because I have been around some of the greatest minds, both theologically and atheist, in my work and in my experience, in my education, in my relationships, I've heard both of these sides speak very intelligently. And it's very hard to prove the reality of God scientifically, pragmatically, because it's more abstract. It's more feeling. It's more belief. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But here's the thing I want to say again you have yourself some if maybe you are a person who is of faith and maybe you've tried to continue to be in that faith maybe like me there have been times when you have doubted or maybe there have been times when you've struggled yourself and asked the question is there really a god and I'm going to tell you, even though that I have served as a pastor for years, even though that I have the biblical studies and and languages, Greek and Hebrew, and theology and apologetics and all the stuff, there have been times in my life, in those dark nights of the soul, the church father said, when I have cried out and said to God, "If you are real." Why don't you show up now? If you are real, why are you allowing this loss to occur? If you are real, why are you allowing this to happen? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey friend, Keith again. Just dropping in really quickly to remind you that I am available for individual coaching. You know, for the last 35 plus years, I have had the joy of working with so many people over so many issues. So, if you could use some coaching, check it out. Listen, I've got the time, I've got the experience, I've got the desire, and I've got the heart. All I need is you. The link's in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out today. Now, back to the episode. And to me, That's a very honest thing because there are great, wonderful, long-time, dedicated Christians who I think, if they're honest, have struggled at times, especially in those dark moments, maybe in the moment of grief, wondering where is God if God is real? If God exists, if God loves me, if God cares, if God provides, where is God? So if I think about that for a moment, then I am less um, big-headed and less tempted to be arrogant toward others who are struggling with the very concept of the existence of God. Now, for me, I am a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in God, the creator. I believe in God, the ruler. I believe in God, the provider. I personally believe in that. But that brings me to the O in God, which I think is only through faith directed by God here's what I mean. If you look at the Apostles' Creed, it says, I believe. I believe. And although I know there are some who have testified to me specifically and in person that they come, they came to know God and have a relationship with God through an intellectual pursuit. Most people that I know, Come to God through our heart conviction. It's when God shows up inside of them, regardless of the situation outside, regardless of what's going on around them, regardless of the pain that they may be experiencing, they know in that moment that there is something that is greater than themselves. And that something loves them and is inside of them through faith. And I believe that is directed and divinely done through the power of God. And if you want to say it through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which is another part of the series on the Apostles' Creed, by the way. (laughs) But that's, that's where I'm coming from. And so I have to often ask, you know, people say, "Well, you need to be strong. You need to, I'm like, "You know what? God wants me to do my best. God wants me to speak my truth. God wants me to love other people the way that I think Jesus would love them and leave the rest to him. God is the one who convicts. In my belief, God is the one who draws close to the to him. God is the one who convinces people of God's existence. And therefore, I believe that even though the G, give herself some grace, because there are doubts in a moment, the O is that only through faith can we truly hold on to that belief. And it's the faith that gives the realness to our relationship with God. What about the D? Well, when it comes to God, it's funny because what is a God? A God of any kind in its purest and rawest, most basic definition, perhaps, is whatever is the major priority in our life. Let me say that again. God is your priority. So if you say, and you echo these words, for instance, from the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, then you have to follow that up by asking yourself the question, then where in my life and in my list of priorities is God? And I don't know about you, but if I take that seriously, I think it's a pretty real thing. Because I know I can only speak for myself, but there have been times in my life when I put all types of things—probably, well, I not probably, assuredly—I put other things above God in my life at times. Whether it's myself, whether it's my family, whether it is something or activity. I know I've done that. And probably if you're listening to my voice right now and you're still with me, maybe you have too. But what's so beautiful to me is that. Even though here we're talking about God as this supreme being and the belief in this God who created, this God who rules, this God who, 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 who leads, this God who provides, this magnificent God. I love that that is immediately followed with reference to the humanist aspect of God. When it refers to God as Father. Now, let me quickly say here, really quickly, that I know that when it comes to fathers and thinking of God as Father, your past impacts your present. What do I mean by that? I realized that there are some people like myself. I had the most wonderful earthly father. I just lost him a little over a year ago. I miss him every day. He was my hero. I loved my father, my earthly father. I really did. He provided for us. He, 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 he loved us. He, he, he was a strong, um, kind man who was well-respected by people. So that was my experience. So when I think about God as father, I get a great picture because I know the relationship that I had with my earthly father and what an example of what my heavenly father can be for me because of the beauty of the relationship I had with my earthly father. But I know and have talked with people in my office, especially when I was pastoring. Who would come into me and say, Keith, my father was a real. Teen. And they would use language that I don't even want to say on this podcast. Their fathers were all types of bad stuff. And so when they think of father, their experience, their past is one of horror at times, are very negative. And so for them, it's very difficult at times to think of God as father. So we then say, you know, we, then we say, well, why do we say father? And I realize, you know, I, like like most of you know, who's been listening to this podcast, I'm a fairly orthodox guy. In truth, except when I mentioned the, the LGBTQ community specifically, about 75% of everything that I talk about on Sunday could fly in a Baptist church. Surely. Because, you know, even though I have some a little bit more moderate beliefs in some things, I'm still a pretty orthodox guy. I really am. But I know that there are some within the church today, especially among progressive Christians, who are doing everything they can to take out the patriarchal terms of God from the Bible, from their practice, from their talks from their sermons and all that and that's fine okay i get it i get that there you know that is that is something that people are trying to do and it's it and one of the things we need to know is that the bible speaks of god in the masculine and feminine right so that's also true and we also do have to recognize that there is a lot of patri- patriarchal influence when it comes to the bible and the church and the history of the church I mean, just look at the Catholic Church today. I mean, you can't be a priest or a deacon in the Catholic Church and be a woman. So there's still that stuff going on. So we get that. So a lot of people are trying to come against that by taking out Father completely in their vernacular because they want to make it more God, more neutral, you know, gender neutral that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine, okay? But let me just tell you so that you will know why many Christians hold and express God as Father, okay? And the reason is very simple. It is the address that the Bible shares, and you can argue about this and the validity of it, You know, you can talk about textual criticism and all that stuff, okay? I mean, you can get into that if you want. But if we take any comfort in the fact that what we have is Scripture, and we look at the Gospels, and we look at Jesus, whom even the most progressive of Christians want to follow and and use as an example, if you remember, Jesus referred to God as Father according to the Scriptures, according to the Gospels. So it seems to a lot of Christians that that's the way that they should refer to God as Father. Again, I know the arguments, and and my friend, believe the way you want. Call God, refer to God the way you want. But in this, I'm just sharing with you, the historical perspective, and a little bit of why they chose the word Father, okay? But here's the cool thing. For me, it also in Scripture refers to God with the word Abba. Abba. And that is most closely transliterated as... Daddy. And here's the thing there's a lot of difference between a father and a daddy. You see, I referred to my earthly father a while ago as father, but I never called him father. He was daddy, it was an intimate relationship. And I think that if we just keep that in the back of our mind, we might be able to realize that one of the reasons why this expression existed in this ancient creed, by the way, this is not some new, you know, right wing thing somebody's putting out. This is an ancient creed of faith. But I think the reason it's there is A, again, because Jesus used it, and B, Because it signifies the perfection of the idea that they had of a father. What a father should be. How a father should be. So that, I think, is a little of the reason why father exists in the Apostles' Creed. And in Scripture. But... Here's the thing that I want to get to is I'll wrap this up today. I want to ask you, even in the midst of your pain, even though some have hurt you, even though their church may have come against you, I want to ask you, do you still believe in God? However that God is to you in your understanding, to to use a a friend of mine's expression, um, the God of your understanding, however that is to you, do you still believe? And if so, what role does that God have in your life? Just know that if you still believe in him, you're not alone. This old guy does too. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye, my friend. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.